I'm just happy that I found this path in terms of helping others. The first thing is about uh, making them believe that uh, whatever solutions, whatever goals they are trying to accomplish, uh, the first step is to go inside and get familiar with yourself. Otherwise, if you're not familiar with yourself, life becomes exponentially harder uh, in most cases. We end up spinning our wheels for no reason, spending our energy for no reason. Uh, but if you just took the time and just went inwards and worked from that point onwards, life becomes so much easier. Results show up uh, like magic. You know, you, you, you find opportunities which you never even thought existed or you, you, you're doing things which you didn't think was possible for you. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 162 with podcaster and CTO of Tetra Noodle, Manoj Agarwal. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this session of the AOA podcast. I'm your host, JC Preston, and with me as co-host in this session is Andy Dix. If this is the first time you're listening in, this is the show where we bring you a life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists. And it's our hope that it'll help you find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle you're proud of. So here we are just a few days away from Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And, you know, it's a full day to remind us to be grateful about our lives and what's going on in them. And for me, I, I think it's unfortunate that so many of us need an actual holiday to remind us to be, to be grateful. So much time on a day-to-day -day basis is spent going from one fire to the next. And it really seems like we don't have the time to get our own bearings, to really think about where we're already at and where we can go from here. You know, and if we spent just a little bit more time simply being in the moment and not stressing out about everything we can't control, we might actually be a little bit more productive. Today's guest, Manuj Argawal, is someone who's a great example of how mindfulness can change our lives. After starting his career in India, working in a factory for 12 hours a day and earning $2 a day when he was 15, he has gone on to do things he never thought was possible. And in this session, Andy and I do a deep dive into his thoughts on education, money, and his experiences as an international business leader. Specifically, we'll be getting into when he first realized he needed to seek knowledge on his own to get ahead, what being mindful and making use of meditation has done for him, and why he thinks we're just on the cutting edge of a startup explosion. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about Fizzle. And in today's interview, you're going to be hearing a story about the power of mindfulness. And mindfulness is defined as the psychological process of purposely bringing one's attention to experiences incurring in the present moment without judgment and which you can develop through the practice of meditation and other training. However, just because you know where you're at, it doesn't mean that you know how to get to where you're going. And to this day, Fizzle continues to be one of the best options I've seen for training specifically for new entrepreneurs 
who want to build an online-based business. And they're one of the few places that help new entrepreneurs use their own knowledge and expertise to develop a business to support themselves. Kind of like installing a GPS system for, for your business. You know, with Fizzle, you'll always know where you're at in your journey and profiting off your own expertise. And not only do they have some pretty great courses, but their community is exactly what new entrepreneurs need. So check it out today. You can do so for free at newinceptions.com slash fizzle. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. All right, before we get started with today's chat, remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening on. And also, if you're using the Apple Podcasts app, feel free to drop a review. Pretty straightforward on how to do that. You can also shoot us an email at heyguys at newinceptions.com with any current issues that you're going through while you're building and scaling your business. Again, that email is heyguys at newinceptions.com and show note and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 162. And as usual, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston with me. In this session is Andy Dix of 80 Growth Advisors. Andy, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm awesome, JC. It's great to be back with you today. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I, uh, at Casey, people are listening and they wonder why I have this voice. I don't know how much it comes, but for me, it sounds horrible. It's just, you know, I'm still recovering from a, a cough that I've had for the last, uh, couple, three weeks actually. And then in fact, uh, session 161 that was just published last week, I sounded even worse. So anyway, hopefully it's not coming out too bad, but, uh, definitely looking forward to, uh, today's conversation. How about yourself? No, I absolutely, you sound great. No worries there, but you're learning really what it's like to be a new dad because, you know, the kids are great at bringing home every known pathogen to man and, and sharing the love. So get used to it. Um, you know, speaking of that, since you've got this new startup called J3, yeah, uh, right. tell me, tell me right off the bat, what are the three lessons that JC has taught you about being a dad so far? Being a dad so far. Well, um, sleep is important. Get as what, get it when you can. Um, the other thing is, is definitely, uh, I would say, you know, know what different cries mean. Right. So just kind of like you would be as an entrepreneur, be able to listen, you know, be able to understand what different things, different things are. And I would say the other thing is, uh, you know, I think teamwork makes the dream work would be the, the third thing. So, you know, whatever, whenever Maria can't be the, the, uh, the front runner, which she definitely is, you know, I, I got to step in there and, and help when necessary. So there you go. So, so what I hear is rest is important to any up and coming startup success. And then listen to your people not just what they say, but how they say it. And then lastly, you've got to use a team approach in order to get more done. Definitely. Yeah. Boy, he is really teaching you well. And he's what, four months old now? Four months old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the graduate school of life, dad. That's awesome. So tell us about what we've got today. So here, here's a, here's interesting. We, 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 again, I was just talking about uh, session 161 
And in that particular session, one of the things that we talked about was career transitions and how we should look at, at formal education. And from my experience, formal education, it, you know, it teaches you what to think, not necessarily how to think. And really, it, one of the things that we just talked about is that it typically doesn't answer, what am I to do with myself and this thing called life? Formal education really doesn't have all the answers. And as someone that spent a lot of time thinking that it did, it's just like, it's, it's sometimes hard for me to admit that. Well, you know what? I think we've got somebody that is a real expert on that and is going to help both of us and our listener to, to really get a handle on that. Our, today's guest is, is someone that I think you're going to find out he's, he's worked the grind, so to speak, since age 15 in a factory environment. And at that point, he was working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and he was making $2 a day. Mm. No, he, he wasn't here in the U.S., needless to say. Uh, however, he learned that if you wanted to improve life, you've got to get training, you've got to get education, and you've got to get life skills, and, and really that those things are super valuable for your overall success. And through hard work and dedication and mindfulness, you know, he, he really has become this amazing product that's helping people uh, both here and up in uh, British Columbia. And so we're really excited to have uh, Manuj, and I'm going to try to say the name, Argwal. You know, you got it perfectly right. Yeah, yeah. Thank All you right. so much for having me. Yeah. Super. And, and you're with Tetra Noodle, which is your own company, which I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit. That's right. That's right. And the, address, the web address is tetranoodle.com. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And you're in the airport. Where are you getting ready to jet off to? Well, I'm going to a very exciting event to San Francisco. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be getting uh, familiar with some cutting edge technology that is supposed to come out in the next few years. So it's gonna be exciting. Well, we are thrilled that you're taking the time to be with us today on the show. Yeah. So for me, as we're growing up, you know, I, again, as I was growing up, education was again really that end all. My mom, you know, she was a she was a teacher, so you know, a lot of times what your parents are, you get exposed to, right? And naturally, that's what you kind of go towards. And so for most of my life, until I was in my late 20s, uh, the way I looked at education was something that the more you had, the better chances you're in life that you're going to have to succeed. And, you know, I, I still think that that's true to an extent, because obviously, if you're wanting to be a doctor, you're going to have to go to have to go to school for a long period of time. Um, growing up, though, it, it seems that your life was much, much different than that. Was formal education ever something that was promoted from those around you? Or when did you learn about education? Well, uh, the primary education was emphasized for sure. But um, as far as the higher education was concerned, that was uh, highly discouraged for multiple reasons. Uh, the number one was monetary reasons or, you know, the affordability of higher education. The second was, was proximity, because I lived in a very small town, very small community where there were not uh, many uh, higher educational institutions. Mm. So, you know, I had a desire, like, you know, I was, I didn't have a lot going on at that time. Like, you know, I was not good at sports or anything like that. And I didn't have any uh, other means to um, forward my career. And so all I had was uh, my brains and I was a bright student. And so, you know, I, I realized that early on and wanted to capitalize on that. Uh, 
um, but uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't, I get, I didn't get a chance to um, really acquire the education that I could have. But I got what I could, uh, what I could afford at that time, and that has served me well so far. Awesome. And working as much as you have through your life, I mean, it's it's sounds like you you've learned quite a bit on the job, so to speak. Um, yeah, exactly. How exactly. did you, how did you being that the case? How did you make the time to actually seek the knowledge that you would need to to get where you've gotten in your career? You know what happens is like you know when when um, life uh, puts you down for a long time and then there comes an opportunity, you tend to give everything you've got. So you know when when I did get an opportunity after after I got out of the uh, you know working out of the factory. Um, I got into uh, computers and I love computers. Like, you know, I, I really fell in love with programming and all. So um, in a way, it was not very difficult to devote extra time after my nine to five. You know, I used to spend like daily three to four hours researching new technologies, practicing and all that. Um, and part of the reason was because it was almost like a hobby to me. Um, and so it didn't feel like work and so mm. learning new things, trying out new things. Um, that was a really good experience. And again, you know, the, all that experience helped me um, learn different ways of doing things. Uh, new innovative ideas came through and uh, yeah, that, that helped me quite a bit. Mm. Mm. So if you're anything like me, cause I was interested in a whole bunch of different things growing up. I mean, I, whenever like a science magazine would come out, I would switch straight to the section which was called factoids and i would just randomly go through the random little facts and numbers and things like that the things that you know was just really interesting to me and and then i would go through the articles and all that sort of stuff um but in retrospect now where i'm at i mean a lot of that seemed like i don't want to say a complete waste of time but it was it was me knowing knowledge just to know knowledge. And, and that's exactly that's not very practical. So how did you finally realize after dabbing around just like I did what you actually wanted to pursue? And was that about the same time that you found your, your life's purpose? Um, so it's a, it's a complicated uh, question, but a really good one. Um, so, you know, what happens is, um, when the environment that that I grew up in, there's not like a lot of opportunities around. There's, you know, like I, I need to frame that, uh, you know, whoever is listening, if they grew up in North America or a developed country, they may have they may have been used to, you know, a uh, hundred channels as they grew up. But right. I had no television, you know, I had uh, no access to even uh, magazines or things like that. So what I had was whatever I could sort of find. Uh, and one of the things I remember, there were business magazines that were um, you know, that I used to come to the factory and I used to flip through those and I used to fantasize about, you know, okay, how come these people are so successful? You know, what's so different about them? And so that ignited a flame in me earlier on. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, curiosity to learn different things, yes, I was quite curious, but there's, you know, this is 1997 and in a small town in India, there was no internet or anything like that. So right. there's not an, a lot of opportunity to, you know, satisfy your curiosity. And so when I when I came across computers, I just had nothing else going on. So I just put myself in into computers. And incidentally, you know, the, the same institute where I was uh, learning programming, I met my future wife as well. So that gave me extra motivation to um, 
to you know uh, dedicate myself to computers to figure but it then, out yeah right yeah exactly so um after maybe 10 or 15 years of good good success in in the software industry uh, and i'm coming to the life purpose now right so when i found my love for programming um and obviously my my future wife you know i i thought okay i found my life's purpose we moved to canada and you know i was doing really well uh, professionally but um then started the struggles with the mental well-being and all that mm. uh, all the all the anxieties and the and the depression from the childhood experiences that came about and so when that happens uh, the professional success is is good but it's not enough you know if you're not happy you're not going to be able to enjoy anything and so my life's purpose shifted a little bit and started you know going inside and started learning meditation and spirituality and all that which uh, which sort of shifted my whole um, outlook on life so right now i will say my purpose have, has shifted uh, in terms of going inside obviously you know my roots are in technology i still love technology so mm-hmm. i want to um, continue to work with technology but uh, the the focus is less on sort of making money but you know it's more about using technology to to find some meaning um find a purpose in life and and help others do the same mm, love it it's interesting that you you talk about this sort of awakening you had uh at one point in your career and i think a lot of people especially in the technology field they do that because we're so sort of screen focused for a long period of time and then suddenly at some point we have sort of this awakening that there are people all around us and the people need us as much as the technology does. So can you tell me a little bit more about your meditation practice and what mindfulness means for you, what you've discovered, and, and what does it mean for the listener who may be in the same boat? They're they're finding themselves seeking something more than just the technology and the business. For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you put it, like, you know, uh, one of the, I joke about this, one of the reasons why engineers get into software and IT, and I'm generalizing here, and I'm including myself in this group, because we are introverts, generally, you know, we don't like to interact with people a lot, we're not very social, and that's why we choose to work with machines. So, and I find that uh, sort of true in, in when I, when I, you know, work with other engineers. But you're right like working with machines for such a long time it it uh, deprives us of that human touch mm-hmm. and when we do find that um uh, you know it's 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 like um the sudden realization that whatever you were running after was like a, a myth and there's a bigger purpose in life and then uh, talking about meditation spirituality the biggest thing that i have discovered is um is about living in the present but the thing is when i used to listen to all the you know read the religious uh, texts and uh, listen to all the you know the spiritual leaders they used to s- sort of dance around this idea but it was not very clear exactly how to do it i mean they they're all saying you know don't worry life is about happiness just uh, you know enjoy life and live in the present but it didn't really hit me okay you know what the hell does that mean um but when i started going inwards and started doing meditation it's more like you know you train your mind to stay in the present you train your mind to um not get uh, entangled in all the day to day events emotionally mm-hmm. and just observe it objectively right so you you're just watching the events happen in your life as if you're watching a movie and you're sort of disconnected from that and that gives such a 
a feeling of relaxation, a feeling of sort of, you know, um, uh, no, no fear, um, because, you know, you know, this, 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 whatever we are experiencing is just a, a reflection of our own mind. And, you know, there's nothing to worry about and not, you know, nothing to, um, uh, dwell on the past, whatever happened, um, and nothing to be anxious about what's going to happen in the future. So that's the biggest realization I had through this journey. Now, that's obviously a part of a very rich tradition and mindset that's native to, you know, to India. How do you find it in Canada and when you work with clients maybe across North America who maybe aren't so familiar with that tradition? What are their hesitations and how do you help them overcome that? It's interesting, you know, I, I was in India for uh, the first 20 years of my life and I never paid attention to these these paradigms. And, and you're right, like, this is where, uh, you know, and India was where these practices have been going on for like thousands of years. And I never paid attention, especially because I was young, you know, in, in, in your younger years, like, you know, there is, even though uh, life is, <laughs> is not uh, really uh, kind to you, but you still feel like you're on the top of the world, you know everything. So generally, you know, it's not the time to get into meditation, um, unfortunately. Uh, but things are changing. So when I came over here, as I said, you know, when I, when I started feeling that even though I had financial success, professional success, life was not really fulfilling. I, you know, I was not feeling happy. And that's when I started going into the first I tried the traditional route, like, you know, going to therapists and all that. They did help a little, but not like, you know, it was not changing my life. So then when I met up my spiritual leader, you know, even even within a week or so, you know, when I started practicing these things, I felt a huge change in my life. And so um, then, uh, you know, once I realized that, okay, you know, this is something really powerful, I started learning more and more and I started exploring other teachers from India, from other parts of the world, because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's all leading to the same path, whether it's philosophy from China, it's philosophy from India, they, you know, it, we, we are built exactly the same and and whatever works in one part of the world works in another part of the world so i'm just happy that i found this path in terms of helping others it's you know the first thing is about uh, making them believe that uh you know the this whatever solutions whatever um whatever goals they are trying to accomplish uh, the first step is to go inside and get familiar with yourself otherwise if you're not familiar with yourself if you're not sort of you know, on the path of uh, awakening, uh, life becomes exponentially harder uh, in most cases. Um, and, and you know, we end up spinning our wheels for no reason, spending our energy for no reason. Um, but if you just took the time and just went inwards and worked from that point onwards, life becomes so much easier. Results show up like uh, like magic. It's almost like magic. You know, you, you, you find opportunities which you never even thought existed or you, you you're doing things which you didn't think was possible for you so you know i just cannot recommend it enough to to start from that step and then look towards any other goals of life so true so mm -hmm. true um you know so most of the things that you know going back to my whole education perspective mm -hmm. here um you know we're we're there's so many different topics that are not taught in schools and you know, they can fall underneath mindset, uh, personal mm. effectiveness, your ability to connect with others, and of course, finances. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've again, we're already talking a little bit more about uh, the mindset, but 
you know, one of the things that I know that you're passionate about is is finances, and and this is a topic that many bring up as something that needs to be discussed more. Um, yeah, you know, and and this it it's fairly something that'll especially entrepreneurs need to know more about. Sure, um, one sure. of the big biggest myths that I hear is that it, it's best to let others deal with the money thing. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't start their own business. They think they yeah. need a lot of it to get started in their own mm -hmm. legit business. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and another part is that, you know, people don't feel that they're smart enough to really manage their own money. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they have to hire a financial planner to do it all for them. Yeah, uh, so yeah. in, in your experience, what are your thoughts on, on these kind of topics? And, you know, what other myths can you bust about the whole money thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so another very interesting topic here. Um, so uh, just to give you a quick backstory um, about what happened here, um, I used to think exactly the same way that, you know, I'm not smart enough to uh, manage my own money. My dad always used to teach me that, you know, stock market and, and investing your money is for fools. You know, it's a, it's a gamble, gambling, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a casino. So, you know, don't stay away from it. So I never paid attention to it. And I basically hired a financial planner to manage my money and 2008 basically lost half of my savings. And so, you know, I was like, you know, he never, he never made me any money when times were good. Now I'm losing half of it. So I really need to figure it out and, and see what the hell is going on. And so, you know, I started learning more about how to manage money, how to invest money. Um, and that, that has going, that has been going on for about a, a decade. And I've learned quite a bit about, about how money works. And the thing is, it's surprising to me how much misinformation the, in, the financial industry spews out. Um, mm. You know, it's almost like an artificial fear they, you know, they create this environment where they actually make you feel that you cannot really manage your money and it's too, too uh, difficult and dangerous for you. Um, but the fact right. is that most people are ambitious and the ed and when you ask somebody, hey, you know, what, what will be your dream? And mostly it leads to money in some way, right? Um, and if we are running after money and we don't know how to manage what we are running after, like, you know, that's, that's, it doesn't really make sense to me because if you, no. if you if you end up making a million dollars and you don't know what the heck to do with it, um, what is that goal for, right? So and and the fact is that uh, these days, with all the information available, with various products available, with with um, you know uh, access to access to talent uh, so cheaply, uh, you can manage your money. You can start your business with a small investment. You can bootstrap. Uh, you know, I, I've seen entrepreneurs take their business from a hundred dollar investment to multi-million dollar businesses. Um, so this, these myths that are floating around, they are being busted like every day. Uh, all we need is, uh, you know, just some, some courage and faith that yes, we can do it. And, and the thing is like, I always look at an, another successful person. I look at their qualities and what they have done with their background. And in most cases you can, you know, you can determine by looking at that person, hey, if that's that person can do it, I can do it too. And once you gain that confidence, all it 
all it takes is you know gaining a little bit of knowledge um, get access to uh, you know you can start with some free information available on youtube or if you uh, if you can afford it maybe you know look for a coach who knows what they are doing um, there are so many ways these days to invest a little bit of money gain the gain the knowledge gain the education and and just take action so uh, all you need is courage information and take action and that's it one of the things that I think is interesting, especially with your particular story, is you're you're running an international business. And I think a lot of us who are just getting into startups, we sometimes think of a neighborhood business when really perhaps because of technology, uh, we should be thinking more internationally. What challenges do you think uh, you've seen from uh, customers maybe that you've done business with in North America, from Canada, or maybe back home in India, et cetera, that, that really raise new new opportunities, but also new challenges for a startup in today's environment? Yeah. So new opportunities, as I said, like, you know, the, the biggest opportunity is talent because, you know, human resources, the human capital is the most important capital. And I've been in leadership roles, CTO roles, where um where 70% of my headaches used to be about hiring. You know, where do I find the people to build the team? And, uh, and you know, if you, if you cannot find the right people at the right time, um, projects get delayed and there's a huge unknown cost to that. Right, like the, if the company is not able to bring their product to the market very quickly, um, they can lose a huge market share. So instead of being fanatic about hiring locally and... Uh, and you know, finding the people the people right in your neighborhood and putting them in in the same office. Um, I have been really successful in in uh, tapping into the global talent pool, and you know, it gives you immense flexibility, uh, gives you immense power to uh, ramp up a team very very quickly. And by the way, it saves you money as well. So the the key thing here is that people don't realize how to do it properly, and then they get burned by delivery issues, quality issues, and um, and and that's why they shy away from. It, but I think that's a huge opportunity for the for the you know especially in the tech sector uh, to to leverage the the global talent pool. So that's one really big aspect of the international business. The challenge, of course, is uh, first of all it's a human challenge. You know, cultural differences like language barriers, accent barriers. Um, you know, there are other. Uh, funny instances of cultural differences where somebody in South India, if they shake their head certain way, they will mean yes. And in most parts of the world, that will actually mean no. And so, you know, when, when you're, when you're having conversation or, or a face to face, sorry, a, a virtual meeting. So those type of gestures, they may confuse you. So these are some challenges that you get over by, uh, by just immersing yourself once again, you know, getting used to the culture, understanding them, and uh, and going from there. So um, those are the two points I will say, very basic, but the, you know, they they have big implications. I like that a lot. The other thing that's on my mind about what you've done is you're sort of a a success story, uh, an immigrant success story in Canada. Are you? really typical of a movement in India, would you say, of where folks are really buying into this startup and entrepreneur and freelance economy? Are, are, is, is that something that you experience as a phenomenon coming from India? Are there others just like you? 
Um, so I remember I immigrated to Canada 20 years ago, and that was a very different environment. Uh, back then, India was just on the verge of sort of, you know, getting out of its uh, its um, its developmental stage. Uh, but now India is so different. I just recently was there in May, and the startup culture over there, startup um, uh, ecosystem is much faster it's growing much faster than here in us because i think one of the us and canada both um, and the, and the fact is that you know there's a huge population a huge uh, like uh, i think they have 1.2 billion people now and most of them are educated they are in, you know they are they are ambitious and a lot of money is flowing into india because um, because the government is is very um, aggressive in getting foreign investments and everything so uh, Ironically, when when I was in India, you know, there were not many opportunities. And when I'm in North America, there, you know, the, the economy is, a, is sort of slowing down, and India is picking up. But but it's an interesting sort of dynamic where I noticed that uh, how how countries develop, and you know, over over uh, uh, maybe even a couple of decades, how how completely the landscape can change uh, between between countries. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going to uh, Purdue. Um, I had a several, lots of, lots of, uh, friends from India. And, uh, one of the things that was always interesting to me was that either a, they came over to get their, their degree to go back and, and make home a better place, or they came to get their degree and then they moved back to the West coast or the East coast and, and get, get really, you know, high paying job or something like that. But it didn't at the time seem like they were very entrepreneurial, like it hadn't really entered into the the whole mainstream as much as it is now. Yeah. Um, do you are you seeing for the most part more of that when yeah. when you think back home and abroad? Yeah. yeah, I see more of that, and and I will say this is the reason. Uh, you know, again, it, this is my opinion. It may you know not based on science or anything, but I think what happened was um, 20 years ago, that was the first generation which saw sort of an economic uh, upturn. And these, uh, most of these people, including myself, you know, we were coming from a very um, a deprived background. So even even a job which was paying like, you know, $1,000, equivalent of $1,000 a month was a huge, huge leap forward, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, somebody who got a job as, as a, uh, you know, a junior programmer like myself, uh, you know, coming from $2 a day and now all of a sudden I'm making $1,000. And that's, you know, more money than anybody in my generation made, for example. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then, you know, you're satisfied at that level for, for 10, 15 years. But then the next generation comes and they say, okay, you know, uh, look at that guy. He's making a million dollars a month and how is he doing it? So if you're ambitious enough, if you're smart enough and you, if you have the, the, the courage to take the leap, you know, people see uh, how, um, you know, these generations are progressing. So they want more and more, more and more. And, 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 you know, that's how, um, you know, these generations grow, right? And so I think now we are at the second generation where people are seeing all these multi-billionaires, you know, becoming so rich overnight and and they gauge the talent just like, you know, the, I, I said earlier, like, you know, they, you can see how these people became multi-billionaires. Um, you know, these were simple concepts, but, you know, they were smart enough to to gain the traction and and uh, capitalize on their success. And anybody can do it. So, you know, there are so many people trying their luck. And by sheer numbers, I think there are so many more startups in India right now than 
than in um, North America. Hmm. Mm. No, just just because it's like, why not me? Sort of yeah, thing. Like, exactly. You know. And and then the other thing is the market is huge, right? So because uh, when in North America, you know, um, we have to find markets elsewhere, like Google, Facebook. They won't be able to be these global giants if they didn't have markets outside of uh, North America, right? But mm-hmm. in India and China, they have indigenous uh, markets, which are humongous. So mm-hmm. even if they don't go look for markets outside, companies can grow there very, very quickly. Very true. Very true. Especially with the infrastructure that the various uh, countries have put in place. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So currently, again, you're in an airport right now, heading towards uh, San Francisco, um, talking about some awesome technology. You were talking about what are some of the things that you see in the next year or so, the year of Vision 2020, that uh, has got you excited? Um. Well. Uh, you know, I, I try to stay on the cutting edge of the technology, so I'm excited to see what's happening with deep learning, um, AI. Uh, we are working towards quantum computing, so that's going to be exciting. Blockchain has taken a little bit of a dip here because of, uh, you know, how people associate Bitcoin with blockchain, and so that hopefully will be clarified soon, and, you know, blockchain will be recognized as a, as a, as a standalone technology like it is. Um, mm-hmm. Separate from Bitcoin, so all these are. This is, you know, I will say, next year and the decade beyond is going to be the most exciting part of our um, human evolution. I will say, um, the reason is because you know, at any point in history, there there are you know one or two groundbreaking shifts that happen, like internet came, PC came before that. But right now, for example, as I said, you know, these few technologies like AI and blockchain and cloud computing and um, and uh, a couple of others, they are coming up at the same time in history. And these are, you know, these are technologies which have the power to shift um, how we work, live and play, which means, you know, once this vision is realized, we'll have much more free time at our hands. And and that has the power to shift how we evolve as a species, right? And how we, you know, what kind of work we do, uh, what kind of uh, expressions we have in in our creative uh, uh, creative works and all that stuff. So, so this is a very exciting time. And I, in, as far as I know, um, we we didn't have this kind of uh, like a you know a, a point in history where so many things were changing right at the same time. Right, because each one is uh, definitely a game changer on its own but putting them all together man it just it just uh catalyzes the the return that each one can can benefit humanity i mean it's just it's just nuts but at the same time you know you get all these benefits but you also have to worry about you know big brother getting their hands on things and so yeah it's it's definitely uh i can see where the excitement's coming from but uh we got to be careful right yeah well um that's another thing you know uh, a lot of people are worried that you know this this may be misused but once again you know if if you if you look at the history if you if you if you go through the things that i talked about earlier you will see that um 
most of what happens in the world 95 98% is good stuff only only 2 to 5% is the bad stuff that happens but the way that we have been you know conditioned and the way we have evolved we tend to focus on the on the negatives on the 2% to 5% of the negative uh, you know how ai can be misused how gene gene uh, uh, crispr technology can be misused yes they are a potential but we've had um, again you know uh like we've had incidents in history where uh human species was reduced to a few thousand uh, across the world and and um, we were almost extinct right so i believe in um, you know, the human species capability to adapt find solutions for the common good and i do not think we are that stupid that you know we we eventually will self destruct ourselves i think even if we have to end our species it will be some external factor like a like a steroid uh, asteroid or something like that um yeah. not ourselves i don't think that will happen can i let me jump in real quick and just ask you a kind of a question that's selfish on my part because i i passed that 50 year old barrier a couple of years ago and so two two tracks here what's your advice for someone who's over 50 but still has 15 to 20 years to work how do they stay abreast of technology and stay relevant and then likewise how does someone that's a technology native who's just getting started in their career at 18 or 19 what's their sort of technology fitness plan to stay healthy technologically throughout their career and not become obsolete along the way with all these rapid changes um you know it's a very good question and i'm not sure i have all the answers but i'll try what i'll try to share what i try to do I, i'm not too far from you like i'm 45 as well so i i can put myself in the same age range um so the way that i do it is you know i i have um, i follow a few you know well known publications in terms of technology and i you know obviously i don't have the time to read a lot of the news and everything so i on the on the technical side i keep track of the headlines and i notice you know try to notice patterns of what people are talking about um and when i start to you know after a week or so when i start to notice some patterns emerge in terms of a new technology that means a lot of people are talking about it then i dig a little bit deeper into that and and when i find it interesting i dig a little bit further deeper and maybe try a few um a few coding examples or you know you know get familiar it's it's more like interest based right because what i trust is whatever i need to know will show up at the right time uh, and and this has been a good teaching from from meditation and spirituality wherein i used to worry that you know what if i don't understand the, these things when i need to understand what if i fall behind and what if i you know what if i what if the world passes by and i'm left uh, you know with with legacy technology legacy knowledge but then after doing that internal work i realized that whatever i need to know whatever i need will show up at the right time so i don't need to stress over it i just need to follow my interest and see where it leads and so i adopt this this method of you know just keeping track of headlines and then whatever patterns emerge just following them based on my interest and if i lose interest i lose interest if i if i keep uh, you know if i keep digging further and further that means i'm you know this is meant for me and i am meant for it and and so it's it's a it's a common uh, a common thing that uh, happens um uh you know on its own so for for 18 year old i mean if you can again you start from that point of view that you know you 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 try to understand yourself become more self aware maybe try 
meditation and then life becomes easier like you know the answers that we seek they just come from within you know so uh, i will recommend start there and then uh, follow your follow your interest follow your dream don't follow what other people are saying don't don't you know don't just um, go with whatever hashtag is trending or what uh, what your what your friend's father said to you or whatever that is build your own experience build your own life and and trust mm. it it's going to be all fine so uh, that's my advice i love what you said there to let the trend teach you what you need to learn whether you're 50 plus or 18 plus those trends are what's important because it's showing you what you need to learn great stuff that's 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 important that leads itself to a good segue to the first uh, rapid fire question which uh if you could add one song, one book, and one film to uh, the national curriculum, be it Canada, the U.S., et cetera, what would those uh, pieces be? What would be one song, one book, and one film? One song. Um, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Um, I don't know. Uh, you can't touch this. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, all right. And uh, the book, um, the book could be uh, uh, the the power of now. Eckhart Tolle. That that's really really good. Um, and uh, what was the last one? A film. A film. Okay. I'm fond of comedy movies because you know I think laughing is um, very important in life. One of my favorite movies is Wedding Crashers. So it's not a PG movie uh, per se, but it's very funny. So I, I'll I'll say add that. So another rapid fire question: What's something that you've been learning about recently? I'll stick with that trend idea that's really got you excited to implement it? Um, right now, my focus has been, so, you know, on the technical side, I'm working on a block, on some projects related to blockchain and deep learning. Blockchain has been really, really interesting. It has been really uh, eye-opening to see what problems it, it solves. It basically removes, it, it basically builds infrastructure for people to transact with each other without trusting each other. And that's huge because that has never happened in in, in our uh, human existence because every time there is a transaction that needs to happen, uh, you know, you need to put up a collateral if you don't trust the person or you need to do business with only people who you trust or you, or you need to involve a third party. But with blockchain, all that goes away. So that's huge. Like people need to understand that. Um, and then deep learning has been really mind blowing. Like it, I, I've been leading some projects where I have been blown away with what deep learning can do. It can actually do better job than humans who have been trained for years. So those have been really exciting. And uh, I've been learning a lot on uh, on the on the digital marketing side and and the psychology of selling, and that has been a really uh, you know a huge learning curve, but very exciting for me to learn all that. Excellent, excellent. Um, the next question that I would actually have for you is, what's one thing you know we were talking about uh, financial education for for youth? What's one thing that every high school student must know? Start saving at least 10% of uh, whatever money that is coming in, whether it's your pocket money or whatever. Start learning about investing. Start learning about compound interest. 
um, these three things, you know, you know, if you if you if you just learn, put you know lay down a foundation with these three things right now at a young age, um, I think I think that can you know that has the potential to 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 save you and and make you a millionaire few decades ahead of time. So I mean, if if somebody told me about these concepts like when I was fourteen, fifteen, yeah, I mean, life would have been so much different. But but. Um, you know, uh, whoever is listening, if they can teach these concepts to their kids, that will be a game changer for them. So kind of sticking with the same theme, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I have received is trust your guts, trust your guts. Don't doubt yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, self-doubt is the most, um, I think, self-doubt and, and, you know, how we create these negative boundaries around us is um, the number one factor that, that uh, you know, pushes people down. It does not let them realize their full potential. So trusting the yourself and, and just letting the universe do what it, it does best is, is the way to go. Manuj, if, if you could go back and tell your 12-year-old self who was making $2 a week in a factory in India something about what life's going to be like when when he's 40, what would you tell him? Well, I will say to him, you know, just have fun, man. It's okay. Uh, this Whatever you're doing right now, whatever, you know, your life uh, may suck right now, but take it from me, this is building your character, okay? So whatever you're doing right now, whatever lessons you're learning right now, they're going to serve you well when you're 40, and there's a reason why you're going through all this, so that you can have a better life. If, if, you, if you didn't, then, you know, your life at 40 will be, quite different. You'll be chasing meaning, meaningless things. You'll be much unhappy, much more unhappy. Like, so, so better to build a foundation right now and live a, live a wonderful life later on. So that leads to how does one live a life of abundance? Uh, I will, I will say the same thing. It's like, it's like this. So Einstein says that time and space are, are, you know, the same dimensions of the same thing. So if you if you if you just infer infer it further and further, you can determine that you know if there's a there are multiple universes, there's infinite uh, permutations of um, infinite uh, permutations of atoms. So whatever uh, whatever we are looking for, it already exists in the universe. So so we are not supposed to create it. We are just supposed to you know drive ourselves to that point and um, uh, and so yeah, I mean um, the way that you can do it is by clearing your thoughts, dialing into yourself, and then just be cl clear on exactly where you want to go. And, you know, whatever self-doubts, negative thoughts come up, you need to quash them or neutralize them in some way that it doesn't hinder you from, from taking that direction and getting mm, to that point. So true. So true. Well, uh, I know that you got a, a plane to hop on here before too long, Manoj. Um, people, again, can find you at tetranoodle.com. Where can people find you on the socials if they want to get in touch with you? Um, LinkedIn, Facebook is best. And um, I have a couple of links, uh, gifts for your listeners. You can go to mind.innerget.com or tech.innerget.com and subscribe to my video series for entrepreneurs. Awesome. Appreciate it. Well, again, hop on that plane and uh, look forward to hearing from you in the future.
Thank you so much, and uh, and thanks once again for bearing with me through this uh, these uh, background announcements as well. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. So there you have it. Great chat with Manoj, and I love his perspective and transparency in that conversation. I hope you guys get the chance to plug in with him more over at Tetra Noodle. In the meantime, I have a few videos of conversations Manoj has had with past guests of this particular show on his show called The Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. In the first conversation, he speaks with Dr. Glenn Levingston about implementing a healthy lifestyle, and then he chats with AJ Wilcox about B2B advertising on LinkedIn, which I still don't know too much about. And the third and fourth videos are more uh, of recent guests on the show, one being Chris Prefontaine. And again, they're going to discuss how to become a real estate entrepreneur. And then finally, I wrap it up with uh, Prady Tuari and a chat about hypergrowth and a competitive industry. Again, all of these videos can be seen via the show notes at newinceptions.com slash 162. And speaking of 162, that's it for this particular session. Remember, if you want a great GPS for your new business based on your skills and knowledge, check out Fizzle. Get started for free by visiting newinceptions.com slash Fizzle. That's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. So with that said, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.